0: Hello everyone, welcome to Feature Creature, the Netflix horror movie podcast. Another episode of Feature Creature, the podcast series where I watch Netflix horror movies and discuss them so that you don't have to waste your time looking for movies, as I have done so plenty of times in the past. So on today's episode, we have a special guest, my brother Stephen Harmon. How are you doing today, Steve?
1: I'm alright. I uh, I'm uh, just want to say I'm, I am a professor of bullshit at fucking Southern university and I'm happy to join you here today, Mikey.
0: Yes, we're glad to have you, Steve. So, we're going to discuss our opinions before and after this movie. That's how this will go. So, um, first thing I want to discuss, we chose the movie Beyond the Gates. What do you think about this title, Steve? Beyond the Gates of what? Right? Right? I don't know. Does it uh, give the connotations of something creepy about to happen? Beyond
1: the Gates to my house, beyond the Gates to the cemetery, beyond... I don't know, it's a little little too vague in the title.
0: Yes, I definitely agree. This could be a reference to any gate. Mm -hmm. So um, let's discuss the plot here, Uh, the synopsis. Let me read this off. In the wake of their father's mysterious disappearance, two estranged brothers, Responsible Gordon and Reckless John, reunite to sift through the contents of his stubbornly anachronistic is that how you say that anachronistic 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 VHS rental store among the inventory they discover an interactive VCR board game VCRs which their (laughs) father viewed just before he vanished intrigued the boys pop in the tape press play and soon discover that far from an ordinary game the video is portal to a nightmarish alternate reality. So, uh... Any sounds thoughts like, on that, Steve?
1: Sounds like uh Jumanji the horror movie.
0: Ah. Yeah. Definitely oh, like sounds it. like the recent Jumanji as well. Uh, a little bit of the ring thrown in there too, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I, uh... I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, it sounds <laughs> like a callback to the '90s, which we've gone through painstakingly. Yeah, well, where we <laughs> had to deal with VHS tapes, which people don't know about anymore.
1: If you look at the the, I'm looking at the the poster they've got for it. Uh, when you look the movie up here, and it looks yeah,
0: like, we got a colorful poster lady. here, and we uh, mm. have our catchphrase: "Press play." dot, 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 Uh-oh. and pray. <laughs> what do you think yeah. about that, Steve? I try not to. Is that to. cool? Is uh, that cheesy?
1: It's uh, um, about as cheesy as the VC or the, you know, the Be Kind Rewind kind of thing. Yeah, um, right? I'm more worried about the fact that the, the chick there who's on the screen, who I'm imagining is probably supposed to be a... Uh, 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 Knowing nothing about this movie other than the synopsis and this image here, it looks like she is probably somebody significant, the the horror figure we're going to run into or some sort of mentor figure.
0: Yeah, she looks like she might be in charge of uh, what's beyond the gates, perhaps. Could
1: be. Could be. It's her. That's what's beyond the gates.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think we ruined the movie already. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: uh, she looks kind of like the, from, uh, oh, the, 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 you know, Rucker, Hauer, whatnot, in Blade Runner. Yeah. They kind of had that weird, weird makeup. Huh. she's kind of got that going on. So maybe she's a robot. Who knows?
0: Well, um, so we're going to watch this movie separately and we're going to get our ideas down. And we'll discuss our thoughts after we see this. So uh, stay tuned. Alright, so we just got finished watching Beyond the Gates. Um, and we're going to discuss our opinions on this now that we finished it. And uh, we're going to discuss the intro and the first third of the movie, basically the first act so let's get started with this. So the movie basically starts out in 1992 and we see a family moving in um, to uh, our family starting a VHS store. And we see the dad, uh, everyone else looks really happy, but the dad looks really uh, creepy and <laughs> unsatisfied out of nowhere. And then we get some sort of creepy uh, like He looks creepy like he's in his 60s synth. in
1: the beginning there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It looks really old school, but it's just 1992. So we got a VHS store because of that time period. And, uh, yeah, we go we go into this intro credits with Cynthia 80s style music, and we get to see v- VCR tapes being built and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it,
1: it, the cameras is, uh, they, they uh, Lifted the case off of a VCR as it was running to put the credits on. So we're sort yeah. of inside the machine.
0: Yeah, so we got a little old school feel here of the 90s. Um, yeah, then we flash forward to modern time. This movie was made in 2016, so I, uh, I assume this is around this time period. And uh, So Gordon and John go to visit their dad's VHS store. Uh, we see Gordon looking like the ris- responsible type, right? He's uh, got his big glasses and button shirt. He's all clean looking. <laughs> yeah. And then we have John pulling up in a dirty car. Uh, he looks, you know, he looks rough, like he just woke up, hungover. He looks reckless. So they have to, uh, you yeah. know, look their parts, right? What do you think about these characters so far, Steve?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they set up. Uh, um uh we Mikey and I had some uh difficulty seeing or determining which character was who until about 20 minutes through the movie. Um, yep. But we've determined that Gordon is the nerdier one and therefore the more put together and and John is uh well we yeah. also <laughs> noticed that he was the same character uh, essentially that he played in uh, John dies at the end, but, uh, which is to say kind of, a uh, seems like a misfit doesn't quite fit into the society that he's in for uh, real. And in this movie that's indicated to us because he's wearing an old army jacket with, uh, with, uh, for some reason, a German flag stitched to
0: the side. Yeah. It's uh, strange. We never go into that. Yeah. It's just kind of a random detail in this movie, like plenty of other things which we will mention here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get into the they go into the movie store and reconnect. Uh, you know, we see all the VHSs lined up all on the shelves. It's a nice flashback for us because, you know, we harken back to the nineties when our dads used our dad used to take us to the video store and we used to She's out wearing a movie, spend hours there looking through thousands of movies.
1: Yeah, no, it looked a lot like that place in Niles, Michigan, where where Dad used to take us. You know, floor-to-ceiling, VHS, crammed so tight. It just feels like a... It felt almost kind of claustrophobic being in that movie store. And this movie store kind of felt similar in that it had just so many films. Um, yep. But... and And it, it seemed like the characters had a genuine affection for their time spent there, but they had seemed to... their difference seemed to be in how they uh, uh, developed from that
0: moment. You know, now now that you mentioned that, that's probably the only (laughs) redeeming aspect of these characters, is that they have respect for this time (laughs) period in the 90s. This different technology that we grew up with.
1: Yeah, and then the Gordon, the the nerdy one we never find out what he does or what not what makes him so respectable aside from the shirt that he wears uh but he yeah. uh, uh makes a comment about how uh the how the dad never never trusted the d v d boom yeah um, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense when you think about like I, I, I don't know that anybody was really, really disliked the DVDs back in the day, you know. Yeah, they
0: all thought it was cool, right, because it was we better had quality. CDs replacing <laughs> our cassette CDs, tapes.
1: CDs pl- replaced cassettes, which replaced A-tracks, which replaced records. I mean, that's the progress of technology. Oh, yes, it's only logical
0: know? for movies. So, yeah, it's, they just throw that random fact in here that the Dad's a VHS store owner, um, so he automatically has to hate DVDs. I, yeah. Don't understand why he wouldn't just support, uh, you know, DVD consumption, <laughs> make right. more money right. off of that as well. But uh, yeah, so moving on from uh, the VHS store, they go back to the dad's house, and that is where they mention that the dad doesn't support the DVD, vo- the DVD boom, and uh, yeah, we randomly get uh, we get to meet Margot. Gordon's girlfriend, or wife—we don't really distinguish the two. They're serious partner is
1: about all we. Yeah, get.
0: something like that. Uh, yeah. And um,
1: and we get to meet uh, John's serious partner, Hank, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who seems to be basically a, a, a very loyal friend, but very, very strongly implied that he's uh, he's pretty much a. a, a a harasser the border, of sorts. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to say it politely, on a harasser of sorts, yeah. Uh, to a, essentially every woman we we see, which is two in the whole movie, three actually. Yeah. There one's only on TV, but you know, we so get, he a get a very to amount of people. Attack her, but, I know.
0: think maybe there's not even ten people in this whole movie. No, they didn't yeah, yeah. Have enough budget to afford that. Yeah,
1: and they did pretty good for for. You know, having such a, a small cast, um, you know, they they made it every character that was there fit into something. Yeah. And, uh. Well, then it could have fit in better is a different question.
0: For real. Um. <laughs> yeah, so when we move on to past some of these random details that happen, we don't really need to describe, but, uh. Gordon's laying down with his wife, a girlfriend, serious partner, whatever we'll call her. <laughs> she, uh, I, All of a sudden, Gordon wakes up out of nowhere, sees a creepy shadow in the street. Somehow he just decides to look down the street, sees a creepy shadow, and it's a sort of jump scare. Our first hint at this being a horror movie. Uh, it's very slow paced, this movie. That's something to keep in yeah. mind while you're watching this. Um, yeah, doesn't that that happens even before they start watching the tape, right? Yeah, yeah, this happens before they it's start. Like right before they start actually getting into the horror. They start stuff. playing the game. They mess with the tape a little bit, but yeah, they, they, they start it in the office, uh, right? Yeah, this kind of they tested it a little bit, but he's getting some creepy vibes now, seeing some creepy stuff. Um, yeah, so. I uh, no, actually, that does be occur before they pop the tape in, because after that they find their dad's key, uh, and this leads them to the manager's office where they finally find the Beyond the Gates board game. That's how slow this movie is. That we got confused. This is we,
1: about this is about a half an hour in when they yes, getting getting half
0: an bed. hour in, and we're finally introduced to the actual title of the movie. Beyond the Gates. Um, you know, yeah, so Beyond the Gates is the uh, this board game that's VHS-based. I'd never played those, but um, they did it's a very exist. interesting concept. They weren't very popular even when they did exist. Yeah, it's a product of its time, in a way. Um, yeah. And so now that we get introduced to this game, they mess with it a little bit, but they get creeped out, and they just... It they cut out and, you know, it's inconsistent. They decide to stop it and they just decide to go home, right, when we get this interesting story element. Um, and then they show it to Margot. Um, she apparently knows semiotics. She really rem- <laughs> uh, says she that she sees these symbols. Maybe yeah.
1: the, the movie implies to us that she knows what she's talking about, but the writers yeah. seem to have read a Wikipedia article. Yeah, so she briefly anyway. analyzes the box and says something about <laughs> oh, semiotics. Semiotic, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, uh, and, and that's you know, all we get of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She doesn't go so, much
0: deeper. Um, so it's like you're talking
1: so, to somebody and they drop a, a name in there. Is, yeah, yeah. Look at me. The, I know who the. I know who or what this
0: is. The board game itself looks really cheap. It doesn't look like it has these ancient symbols or something like she's making it out to be. It looks like something you bought at Walmart for Halloween. (laughs) You know? I mean, it really does. Um, So they all sit down on the couch together. We got Margot, Gordon, and John all sitting together finally, our main protagonists. And they put on this game. So they have to watch this VHS tape that talks to them and talks them through the game, but the weird thing here is that whenever they don't do anything, this thing just stops and then she just looks at them. The VHS is just playing; she's just looking at them. Um, yeah, it all
1: feels very much like a video game. It sort of feels yeah. like like in a video game when the uh, the NPC, you know. When you're interacting with an NPC and it's waiting for you to click the next button to to get the to receive the next bit of dialogue,
0: yeah, it's a good point. You know, they try to bring up a lot of video game kind of like not references specifically, but you feel it throughout. They directly do it. Soundtrack, yeah.
1: They try to make it seem like a board game. Uh, Yeah. the, The buzz. The buzzword was for Jumanji, but they actually seem to. The the references they actually seem to draw off of more have less less apparently to do with board games than with video games. And this the lady on the screen. The creepy thing about her is that she actually talks to. She's she's a person. It's not a not actually a tape. Sort of like yeah, reacting to your
0: decisions instead of just telling you directions.
1: She appears when you put the video in, but the video is more of like a. Real life conversation, like a phone call between you and her, less less like a, a playback of a message. And the,
0: yeah. yeah, go ahead. And no, yeah. And this this is definitely one unique factor to this. They could have played out, and they could have utilized this a mm-hmm. lot earlier on in this movie. But it's never really fully utilized. We'll just kind of see this here and there, just kind of for effect. Mm-hmm. But it's random as a lot of things are in this movie um so let's kind of move on to what jump scares we saw in this movie we don't really want to go into too much detail about the story because i mean let's face it the actual writers of this movie didn't go into details about this story so (laughs) we can kind of skip around a little bit so first we want to kind of discuss the jump scares um we don't we don't have too many crazy jump scares in this movie. It's not really a jump scare movie. But we have a few of these shadowy figures and demon noises uh we got Gordon dealing with. We they try to isolate him and have him deal with these things on his own. Do you think there's any effective jump scares in this, Steve?
1: <laughs> I thought there was in the the third one. There's we talked about the shadowy figures and whatnot, but now it's a very low budget movie and and the the first one was was I thought pretty well done. We saw the the we they you know a lot of a lot of what has to do with effectiveness in horror movies is obscurity. Yeah. And so we didn't see what the character was seeing. We just saw that they saw something. And that was enough for that the the next one we saw a little bit more clearly about the it just seemed too clearly too clumsily a shadow. But yeah. The third one yeah was was uh, uh I think pretty effective. We didn't expect to see what happened what we ended up seeing happen. Yeah. Anyways. I would have to
0: agree with you on that. The first two were just very uh kind of bland there there, but the third one kind of threw you off. Um,
1: it, it part of that because was because of how really, like that was that was the first gory scene. In it, and the first two jump scare sort of things were pretty, like, they they were just they were shadows, and then suddenly we've got like real gore flying all yeah. over the place. <laughs> so that, <laughs> in that a leads very to my next
0: question for you. Yeah. So, yeah, we have we have plenty of gore in this movie. I mean. Not plenty, but for a few a scenes, they have a short ver they just have like a short burst of a bunch of gore to uh-huh. kind of prove to you that they're a horror movie. Yeah. Um yeah, so we got maybe I would say like four or five scenes of gore. Which uh you think was the most effective of these? I
1: think there are two really effective scenes. I think the, um, and I don't want to go into too many details in the, the yeah. latter one, but the first one I think was that third scene we are talking about. There's kind of a, 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 a voodoo doll thing going on where the characters aren't necessarily aware that what they're doing to these dolls is actually happening to a person. Yeah. Without going into too many details, the the uh, the film effectively cuts between what the main characters are doing to this doll and what actually is happening to this person. And uh, pretty gruesome. And, yeah, when that happens, it happens. But in the the a later scene, I think in the in in one of the final end final scenes of the movie. When they're actually dealing with that character at the end, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I thought it was kind of, kind of uh, reminiscent of the Day of the Dead scene where they're, you know, where you can see the shot of horror on, or the look of horror on the guy's face while the zombies are tearing his guts out. Yeah, and there's kind of something similar that happens with that final bad guy there. I think.
0: Yeah, I. Uh... I enjoyed some of these head bashing in effects but I'll say at times they looked kind of like like red colored pudding like you just saw It looked like it looked like and was goo.
1: paper mache yeah
0: Yeah yeah it looked like they kind of started creating a really good effect but they didn't really po- like follow through with it yeah. so they just kind of were like oh we don't have enough budget for this let's move on So you know that's the gore scenes are, you know, they they shock you here and there because you're just not expecting it to happen. It's not a very scary movie at times. And then out of nowhere you get some you get just actual, intense gore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we got some gore in this movie for people that are gore hounds. So, you know, if you're worried about whether this movie goes all the way in that aspect, it does. It's a very slow burner of a movie, but you'll get some gore out of it if that's what you're looking for in general.
1: It's a movie that seems like it's torn between whether or not it, it wants to be a drama, family drama, or a horror movie. Yeah. And it seems to want to be a horror movie, but it tries more to be a family drama.
0: Yeah, so that, that brings us to the bad of this movie. Let's talk about the bad, the bad parts of this movie, which we've basically uh, we done didn't... this whole time. But I would say our worst part about this movie is that it is not consistent at all. It's completely inconsistent. There's parts where you think this is going to start being a horror movie and then they pause it to focus on drama and then right. they come back to it later. It doesn't commit to
1: either one.
0: Yeah. It's and for real.
1: It doesn't really it isn't really that interested in the horror aspects and it isn't that interested in the human drama aspects it sort of feels like it's guiltily switching between one mode and the other mode. Yeah. As a um, result, neither
0: one is, is probed as deeply as it could be. Yeah. Neither one of them are do, they're not doing a good job in either side of genres. Like when you don't focus on one or the other and you're not doing good in either of these, then it confuses your viewer. And that's what I felt when I watched this movie. I felt very confused when, we would to get some sort of sort of scary scene and then out of nowhere it switches to just a completely different focus like we're not even like we didn't even see what we just saw and now we're going back to drama between characters. I, it's trying to, They're trying to develop these characters but we don't know any of their backstories so there's nothing to really develop it's just kind of people talking and then something sort of creepy happening and then people talking again repeat. It's just, uh, you know, it's not entertaining in that aspect.
1: No, and that's that's probably a, a good good rating overall, is that it that wasn't entertaining.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, no. uh, you know, I really wish it would have been better in this way, but the pattern of story storytelling here is fragmented, so we have mm. these inconsistent moments. Um, another thing I want to mention that's kind of bad about this movie is the, the store owner where the dad right. apparently bought the, vi- the board game from, he is just the most cheesy aspect of this whole movie. His if, facial expressions, yeah. his demeanor, it's just the whole thing is just too corny. It's like they hired someone to just start acting for the first day here. If anyone you,
1: has seen the original Fright Night film, the store owner there that, that Mikey's referring to is the uh, is is like the horror movie host that this guy is playing, uh, Robbie, uh, what is it, Roddy McDoyle, something like that. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. He's he's the he's like a real life version of the guy that this guy is playing on TV as an obvious hack on TV. You know, it's. It's just, yeah. just uh, part of the nostalgia factor. Is here's, here's this this figure that we've seen, you know, and, and Vincent Price is kind of like that, you know. Is uh, 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 there's something obviously schlubby about it.
0: Yeah, you get these cheesy, overemphasized. Just facial expressions and the only thing uh, we get quotes. from it
1: is that they know that they're being kind of hacky, yeah, and, and that there's there's fit into the horror movie thing at the same time.
0: Yeah, play the game if you dare, yeah. like that kind of Spooky
1: stuff. Voice.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just really harken back to the old days, but not in a fun way it just felt really forced so you know those are the things that don't really work in this movie even though we've complained a lot uh (laughs) there are some good things (laughs) we can say about this movie so I would say one of the very first things I noticed that I liked when I watched the trailer that I knew would be a good thing was the soundtrack the soundtrack is old school 80s synth and creepy beats so if you like Uh, To have this nostalgic factor in your horror movies that kind of brings you back to the old days. This is a kind of movie for you. If you like Carpenter soundtracks, you might enjoy the soundtrack. If
1: you like Stranger Things, you would probably get a good kick out of this.
0: For sure. It's definitely got this 80s synth that just, uh, you know, rocks the movie a little bit. And the other good aspect of this movie is the lighting and camera work. I'll say those things are really on point. They have quality here that kind of makes it look like uh, they put money into the production, but other than that, no. Everything else (laughs) is very cheap. Yeah. The camera camera quality, the recording quality, and the theme songs, they're great. They're really what's driving this movie. But, yeah, everything else is very cheap and falls flat. They try something and then they give up. That's what I'm seeing.
1: It was it was close. Sometimes Mikey and I said some things look like Evil Dead, and sometimes it just it just looked like uh, looked and sounded like something that you would see
0: see on a Game Boy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it was a joke. The movie ended up being a joke at times. So, you know, I uh, I would rate this. I wanted to rate this uh, a six at some point, but then watching through this I realized it does not deserve a six. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> we're gonna give it a five point one. A point <laughs> one to be generous. Above it the was five. Above you know? just
1: it was you know, we wanted to give it higher, but it just five point one out of rate. ten.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what would you rate it, Steve? Yeah, I'm sort of in that same between the five and the six region there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't work hard enough to deserve a sixty percent out of ten uh, out of a hundred. Uh, so
1: too often when there were when there was nothing happening, I find my found myself just not thinking about the movie at all and not paying attention. And too much when the something interesting was happening, I was thinking about how it was done better or could have been done better elsewhere.
0: What yeah. Like, so uh. That being said, would you recommend that anyone watch this movie for themselves? I think if um, you just want to watch a good horror movie, then don't
1: bother. But if you want to, if you're, if you think of yourself as a serious student of horror movies, if you just, if you're interested in the tradition of horror movies and you want to see uh, what's go- just going on in it for a historical sense, then, uh, then. It's going to be interesting to you for that. But if you want to just watch a good horror movie, I don't think this is the one.
0: Yeah. So if you're a horror movie fanatic, this is probably not going to be a a great movie for you. But if you want a nostalgic, you know, a great reminder of just some awesome things in the past you enjoyed technology-wise... You might like this movie, you know. If you like the old school soundtracks, the old school VHS technology, it'll if you give want you a to good see flashback. A movie,
1: if, you want to see, if you want to see a horror movie that's not an obvious, like, just, uh, uh, you know, Bloomhouse production, then this is a pretty good indie fair.
0: Yeah, yeah. Quality-wise, camera... Camera work, everything's working on point there, but our plot, our story, our characters, our gore, oh, man, everything's just, it's just not something a horror fanatic would want to watch again. It's something you'd watch once and realize, well,
1: I'm pretty much done with this. <laughs> so,
0: in my opinion, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm moving on, not ever going to watch this movie again. But, uh yeah, if you like old-school horror movies for what they can be with Carpenter soundtracks go ahead and check this one out Um, yeah and if you want to give us any feedback on what we should watch next Steve will be in future episodes so look forward to checking out whatever we watch next on Netflix this is Feature Creature we're signing out see you next week